everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all-important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. There's just, there's no truth in being a business owner. There's either like the silly hyperbolic things, Mm -hmm. right? Or there's, it's wonderful and perfect. And I quit my job and I made six figures the next week. Like (laughs) that's just not reality. And I feel like the more people talk about it, the more it can, you can change the community of people, right? Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we are two sisters who love business. On this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we know all of the challenges that come with starting a business between operating our wedding venue, doing speaking and consulting, and starting our luxury wedding planning company. We wake up and hustle every day. And today we're talking just the two of us about last week's episode with Lauren Jennings, owner of Palm Sunday, a in-house handmade bespoke jewelry brand specializing in rings of intention. If you haven't heard last week's episode, go give it a listen and come back to hear our thoughts. All right, Court, let's get started. Let's get started with her statement, which I we've heard over and over again. Over and you over. are your own worst critic, which I think is true. Yes. Like you always think worse of yourself than other people think yep. of you. Mm-hmm. Well, Not you, that many people tell you that. No, it's true. They could, no they, I, I could that. say what my, what I feel. And then people be like, yeah, I do think that about you. <laughs> well, sometimes you do do that. And I'm like, I do actually think that about you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Well, what's your thing that you say to yourself where you're your own I'm worst my critic? own worst critic. I don't know. I guess that I'm like super like scatterbrained. Like I can't carry something through from beginning to end. Like I'm not going to complete anything. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I think sometimes I deal with like imposter syndrome. Like Mm. who am I to tell somebody what they should or shouldn't be doing? Or like, I think I deal with that as well. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, for me, I feel like I'm a terrible friend because I feel like I am not always one to initiate like the text or to like reach out to somebody. And then like, I get so busy. And I think sometimes I think that I'm too busy to like have relationships with people. Yeah. And I, it makes me seem kind of like a, like a jerk in a lot of ways. <laughs> like other so people are just you feel like busy. you're a jerk. I know as it pertains to people who call themselves your friend. Yeah, no, I do feel that way sometimes. And I, and I know like I'm there for friends. I I don't know. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm just (laughs) rambling right here. Please leave a comment. If you are Dana's friend to let us know. No, but I just, I I do. I feel like I come across as I'm so busy that I don't have time for people. So what you think is that other people think that you have like a a heightened sense of self-importance. Yes. Yeah. And I think people think that about me because I'm just, like I said, I'm not normally one to initiate. And I, and I go on spurts where I'll like text a friend or, you know, think about them. And I try to text the same thing about them, but most of the time they're texting me first and I feel really terrible every time. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I should have been the one to text you. You texted me last time. Maybe the problem is you have too many friends. 
No, I don't really have that many friends. I'm just saying, if you just have one or two, it's really easy to keep up with the one or two. I know this from experience. Yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I do think that about myself when it comes to like personal things. I feel like that was way deeper than what I said. Well, I'm a deeper person than you, so that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Gonna go back, circle back to that self-importance <laughs> comments. Oh, yeah, man. no, I definitely think, especially when you're putting something out there, I could imagine like in Lauren's perspective, like in that creative space, you yeah. would be super critical yeah. of like product and what you're putting out there. And I think her stuff is beautiful. It is beautiful. It's, and it's so creative. And-, and I love it. It's not cookie cutter either. And it's not like, like there are some pieces I don't love, but there's pieces that I love. And I really like that because there's a range of things. So it's not, it doesn't appeal just like one kind of person. Yeah. You know, I actually have one of her rings. It's like one of my favorite rings. Yeah. I'm trying to get my husband to buy one. I'm just going to buy one for Mother's Day if he doesn't. So it's fine. Although I want to wait till Santa Maria comes out because there's a specific ring I like love. Oh, is there? The little half moon one. Oh, I do love that one. Love that ring. I'm going to buy it before you. You totally would. That's like such a (laughs) jackass thing to do. It's like keeping up with the Joneses over here. I am not. I don't care about the Joneses. Oh my gosh. It's moving, all about annoying your on. sister. Moving on, moving on. You are going to annoy me. So getting back to it. I also loved when she said this day, a comment said, um, and she was talking about kind of like her turning point in the fashion industry. Like when she realized she couldn't sleep at night, that she knew that she was like doing like the wrong thing or wasn't where she needed to be. And it made me think, was there anything that's kept me up at night where I couldn't sleep? That was my fault. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of things business-wise that kept me up at night well, well, Yeah, I couldn't sleep. Right. But I mean, like more of because I felt like I was in maybe in the wrong or it was something that I knew I needed to fix, you know? Yeah. I feel like most of those times for me revolve around our relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like where I feel like I'm in the wrong or I'm feeling defensive or like strangely enough, like my relationship with my husband doesn't keep me up at night. No, but never. I can just sleep on that. But like as it pertains, I know, but as it pertains to like our partnership, I've had many moments where it's like eaten away at me. Mm. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think to me, that's more, it's not necessarily like business stuff. It's more sometimes personal things that have eaten away at me than like business things. Like I remember when well, yeah, but you can't, you can't separate it. No, no, no. But I mean, it's not because like you weren't doing something in business or I wasn't doing my job well mm-hmm. enough that like it was keeping me up at night. It was more like personal relational things. Like I remember it was like right around the time you were, when you were pregnant with Liam is right around the time we went to therapy, like soon after Liam was born. So as you all can imagine, the relationship was super strained. And I was just annoyed at everything. Everything just bothered me about like having, cause you'd have all these kids out of all the kids all the time. Cause you were still working. You were still teaching when I was pregnant. Yes. Yeah. When you're pregnant. So I have all the kids. I had to pick all of them up from preschool. I mean, I would take them to Lowe's and stick them on one of those, like those like carts that had like the like flat beds, the pallet carts. Yeah. We get Wendy's and we'd call it a moving picnic because uh-huh. I'd have to get shit from Lowe's. And I had all these damn children <laughs> and I was just like annoyed. Like I was so annoyed by everything and everything bothered me. And I remember thinking I had been there for Liam or for Mason's birth. I'd been there for Nora's birth. He'd been at both my kids' birth. And I remember telling Sam, I was like, I just don't even care about being there for Liam. Like, cause the, it just bothered me that I think I had to work through a lot of like anger and frustration that you got pregnant in the first place. I love Liam dearly. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> being honest. Liam, here. We love you. We do love you, Liam. And I remember it was like multiple nights in a row. I think it was after I said this out loud to Sam 
And I could, I just, I couldn't sleep at night. And he's like, what's going on? I was like, I think I really do want to be there. <laughs> and I feel really bad that I had like this really negative attitude about this baby. Like who's not going to love a baby? Yeah. You know, like, and he was a great little baby and I did love that baby and I did make it. Yeah, I, almost, there. I almost thought he wasn't going to make it one time. Cause you had like a scare, but I mean, I remember thinking like the way I feel about this is going to jeopardize it. I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life that I missed one of the children's birth. Yeah, that's true. We were all both at all of the children's birth. Yes, we were. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a tough time. We didn't plan on getting pregnant. It just happened to us. Yeah. Came from the baby factory. <laughs> that's me, obviously. Yes. <laughs> the baby factory. I don't know. Like, I guess for me, for us, when it not sleeping at night, like, Business is so personal. Mm-hmm. And so, so for personal. us, it's like even like the next level personal yeah. because your business partner is your sister and there's, you know, lots of history and feelings and. But there's a difference about inconveniencing yourself and your, your family and feeling like you're inconveniencing somebody else. So like, even for me, like what pushes me hard and a lot of things is it's not, it's not just me. Like if I F up my life, like that's on me. But if I F this up, it's a lot of, at the time, it was like your life too, right? So there was a lot of pressure that it wasn't just me making mistakes. It was making mistakes that would negatively impact you and your family. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of it. Where I think that's where a lot of it comes from. I would assume speaking for you that there's just this fear of messing up because it's not, it's not just you. But it's always not just been me. Like it's right. always been the nine of us. Right. For a brief moment, it was the eight. eight of us. Then it was the nine of us. And so like, yeah, you, you have all those ramifications. I mean, but I think that every time I like previous to 2020, like get a negative review or like, oh, yeah. I, I know I didn't do the best job that I could do. Sure. Totally. Like I do have guilt or. There's always a nugget of truth in every negative review. There is a nugget of truth. Which I hate that. With, which if the nugget of truth is extremely over-exaggerated. Yeah. I mean. Yes, a lot of times it is, but there is still something where you can look at it and be like, huh, I should have done that differently. You know, our most recent, I say recent, they're like a year ago, reviews is because we didn't walk away and we should have walked away. Yeah. There was a nugget of truth that I was not going to serve you well. And I knew it. Because you were so afraid of the backlash. Yeah, but I should. And at the end, the outcome was the exact same. Right. And I should have said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reach your expectations. And that's, and I, I totally put that on my shoulders. That was my fault. Yeah. No, I totally think that. But it's, but it is hard. I think too, when you're the owner, it's a little bit different. Like we were talking about how business is so personal. It's so hard to separate yourself. And I totally feel her like, well, I don't feel her because we're not in this quite the same industry. But like when she's talking about people knocking off her stuff, like I would be furious, (laughs) like beyond furious. If I was like, I like put all my energy and all my creative juices and I made this ring and then I see it like being sold cheaper somewhere else. Like, thank God you're not trying to sell stuff on Instagram. You would just be one ball of anger. Yeah, I can. I can't. I mean, I do feel that way. (laughs) Like, but I, because it is such an, like when I can imagine when you're talking about someone like a super creative like that, like you're literally creating art and it's one of the kind of things that you put so much thought and energy and time and You've been, you know, thoughtful and where you've gotten your, your stone, you've gotten your gold. And then someone's like, oh, I can sell it for half off because it's, you know, not as well made or I didn't have to spend all the design time doing it because I just looked at yours. Yeah. And I just got a cheaper stone and yeah, unethical gold, right. which I know nothing about. I don't actually. know about that either. I don't even know about gold mining. But no. do you, but do you ever feel that way? Like, like in our business when 
something's been super personal and you've been like super offended? Like someone asks for something and it was personal. I don't even think it's asked for something. I mean, although we were talking about that where you have like, you say this all the time, imitation is a serious form of flattery. And I just find it to be offensive. I don't find it flattering. I find it offensive. Yeah. I mean, I here, like, I don't like it when someone's like, I'm opening a venue. Can I see a copy of your contract? I'm like, that contract has taken me years and thousands of dollars with my attorney to make. So no, I'm actually not going to hand that contract to you. Like if you want to talk about like, how do you word your force majeure? Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. I'll help you with that. And we've shared like with industry friends, like friends, like people that like are just have a relationship and like we were talking to them as a friend and they're telling us something and we're like, Hey, we have something that we, I think will really work for you. Especially friends that are dealing with contractors. Like we've shared our contractor contract before. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have an industry friend. Right. And for them to ask, because I mean, I've asked my industry friends, like, sure. totally. how did this person handle this? How should yeah. I handle this? Or like, what's the protocol here? Should we implement that protocol at the Bradford? But they're like, actually, my friend, I'm not looking to them to ask this question or to fake a relationship for an answer. I've had years of a relationship mm-hmm. and I know they're not trying to get anything from right. me. But oftentimes, as a venue or as a business, people just reach out to you and ask you for information on processes, procedures, or contracts or whatever, and they don't know you from Adam right. or they've ran into you one time. Right. You're like, I'm not gonna share that. Right. We yes. don't have a relationship for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So this was like actually a new story that happened this week. New story. Uh-huh. So we, we, this is like October, 2019. Me and the Bradford girls all went to this class on hospitality, um, and it was really, really great. And one of the things we learned was we needed to have a very solid, like, mission statement, like... Like, tagline. It's not even a tagline. It's more like a service statement. A service, like, like how... What do we view our service as? So we sat in that room, hold up for hours and hours and hours. We tossed words around. We, like, created phrases. We slept on it. We came back to it. And we created what we felt like was the heart of the Bradford, like, because it was really important to us that these words were inclusive, that they like showcase what me and Courtney really wanted, like what our vision behind everything was super proud of it. So then we put it out into the atmosphere, right? It's on our website, I. E. on our website and Instagram. Right. But we, but we use it all often. Like yeah. it's literally every single SOP has that mission statement on it. So whenever a employee is trying to figure out what to do. They're rerouted back to the fact that this is what we believe in. Every action should be pointing back to this, this, the heart of our service. Right. So I'm like randomly scrolling one day and someone posted something and it was literally our tagline, the exact same thing. And I know this person and I was like, this does not make sense. Like this person would not do this at all. Like, so I just assumed that it was like an ill-trained employee, Right. right. That didn't, they didn't understand the protocol about copying copy. Right. Right. And so I just was really kind, sent an email. And of course she called me right away and she was like super embarrassed. She was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I had no idea. This is all from a person that was planning our open house. Right. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's weird. But it was like word for word. It was word for word. It wasn't even like a gist and and a gist would have annoyed me too, to be honest. But like, like, it just would have been more acceptable. But it would have been more acceptable. But it was literally word for word. It was like, take out our venue name, put this venue yes. name in, same exact couple yes. sentences. So the venue owner like was on it right away, took it down, you know, whatever. And, you know, shared like it wasn't intentional. But blah, this blah, person blah. was literally stealing your heart. Yes. 
That's what it felt like. And then they didn't even admit to it. Yeah. They made this whole story about how they got it from some SEO in California. And so I Googled the whole statement and it shows up nowhere, but our website. Like, and their event break. And their event break. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way that she got that any other place than ours. But what's so frustrating about it is like, truly it's the honesty of it. Right. Just be honest. Like, yeah, dude, I did totally. That was, I didn't think about it or I was wrong of me or whatever. Like, I'm sorry. Like own it up. I was feeling creatively stifled at the moment. Then I would have been like, I understand. Take it down. Don't do it again. But like case closed, move on. Right. Yeah. But then someone's lying to you about it. And then it feels even more personal. And you're like, why do I care about these words so much? Like, why (laughs) do I care? But I think it totally like Lauren, like hit the nail on the head that it's so it's just such an extension of who you are and you can't, it's so hard to separate yourself from it. Yeah. I think small businesses like that. Yeah. I liked how she talked about how you can really find what fills you up, like what kind of like sets you on fire. And it's still a struggle how she said her oh shit moment happens every day. And I feel that way like 100%. Like I feel like when you're in the middle of it and you're like doing what you're doing and even though you might think you're a badass, you turn the corner and something knocks you down a peg, you know, it's still a struggle. Totally true. I feel like, I mean, we can talk about this because this kind of current topic is we've tried to extricate ourselves from the day-to-day of C&D, which is just like proving to be impossible. Impossible. Literally impossible. Even today, like talking to our employees, like I felt like I haven't been a great manager because I'm like still stuck in the mud. And like, I know logically, like I can't be stuck in the mud and be a good manager, but yet I can't get myself out of the mud. Like it's still a struggle. Right. Even though I feel like I am a good manager and we have a great team and they're super loyal and people are here for a very long time and things are going well in a lot of ways, it still makes me feel yeah. like managerial fraud. Right. But and and really what it comes down to is like, I don't say this to be like egotistical, but I think it's because we're good bosses. Like I think that- But yet we're bad bosses. I just said that. No, no, no. But the reason why we're stuck in the mud is because we're working one of our employees' maternity, right? Right now. It's because when any client had an issue last year, we would take on the wedding. So we, we have more on our plates than we have ever had because we are working and we're working jobs we're not familiar with. Like, it's not like, you know, Courtney's doing leads and we completely changed how we did that. There's like a spreadsheet and everything. And Courtney's (laughs) like, what the hell is this? Like I used to just like send this email and that was it. Right. There's a whole thing. And there's a whole thing for a reason. It's the reason why we're successful is because we have these processes and systems and we're trying to do our best, but it is like a constant, like it's just, it's just constant right now. Yeah. And the Bradford's growing so fast that we're trying to also like keep a handle on that, which is great. And like training new team members and then we have to ask ourselves some really hard questions because there's a lot of times, you know, we look at it and we're like, are we making this decision because it's a good business decision or making the decision because you really care about this person? Yeah. And it's hard to find the middle ground with that. Yeah. But I liked, I, but that totally resonated with me just, mm-hmm. especially today where it's like, I, I mean, I love our business. Right. I love where it's going. I love what it's afforded. I love all those things. I care about everybody that works for me, but it's still a struggle. Mm-hmm. I feel like getting back to like one of our past episodes, I think it was Megan, who's like, you never feel like you make it. Oh my God. But if you never feel like you make it. But I think that's true. I do. Unless you're like, oh, I don't even know. I don't even know what a major corporation. We're going to post back on that (laughs) when we've made it. 
I definitely, I definitely felt that deeply. Like, and I thought I loved her like honesty and vulnerability with that because I think that's lacking because I think sometimes all you see on Instagram and social media and like when people are like how you're like, everything's great. This is great. Everything's wonderful. And I'm like, yeah, business is good. Everything is wonderful. But dude, I had like the shittiest day today because I had to deal with all this crap. Yeah. It was like Ada the other day was talking to Courtney about how the hour I come home, I just bitch about work. (laughs) She didn't use the word bitch. Just like, you know, that hour when mom comes home and just like kind of complains about her day (laughs) and dad's trying to talk her off the ledge, but she's not having it. But then she makes this funny laugh in the middle of it. So, you know, oh no, she's going over the edge. You know, the laugh. And I was like, Ada, do the laugh for me. She did the laugh. And I was like, that's very akin to the Wicked Witch of the West. You know, like I'll get you my little pretty and maybe she's related and then Ada looked at me. I was like, that means you're related if she's the Wicked Witch of the West. And I was like, I don't know. Maybe I'm Glinda the Good Witch. And she said, you're not the Good Witch. But I was like, yes, I do know that hour. Right. That's my 11-year-old. She feels it that like, obviously, I'm, I love what I do, but I, it's still a struggle every day. There's still something that's a struggle. Well, I think it's great that you have Sam as like an outside processor to yeah. it. Because sometimes I feel like your emotions aren't validated here. They're not. Oh, so I got to take them home. They are validated at home, though. Man, I have a good man who's like, you should be pissed about that. I'm like, I know. I should be angry about this. Thank you. <laughs> You're probably like, all my sister said was imitations is the sincerest form of flattery. I know. It's ex- it literally is what I said. <laughs> and I was like, should I be mad about this? He's like, yes, those are your words. He's like, and you need a, a standard that people can't just copy you. And I'm like, you're right. People can't just copy me. But it's so funny is I could just like see this whole conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Oh, Lord. I loved how when she was stuck, and I wish I would have woofed at some point in my life, actually, like my early 20s. One, we just set up a woof for the event industry. Totally. Please come to New Hill. I will give you food and shelter. Think it would work? No. Okay. I, I loved how when she was kind of like, I don't want to do this. What am I going to do with my life? She like took a step back and she traveled and she said it allows you to kind of see where you fit in the world, Mm -hmm. especially when you're traveling. It gets out of your comfort zone, which is true. Like it gets you out of your like normal and you are put in kind of like uncomfortable situations that are good and exhilarating, but uncomfortable. And where do you think you would want to travel to, to kind of like clear your head and see where you fit in the world. You know, I've actually, I've always wanted to go to Australia. I think it's beautiful and I think it'd be super interesting. Like, I don't know. I thought that'd be that or, or I could totally do like a form of Europe again, like Greece, Spain, I've been anywhere there, but I spent some time in Italy and I loved that. And I felt like that was super grounding. I realized how young America really was when you saw the his like so much history Yeah, and how like I don't know. It, it was a really big turning point for me because I just, I realized how wrong we were about so many things, you know, being around true culture. Yeah. A couple of options. I've watched that. I guess it's a documentary with Sam Hugan and they're doing like a cross country trip of, around Scotland, which looks amazing actually yeah, with like some amazing food and amazing, like it's like water, ocean, mountain, right. pasture, right. all at the same time. I thought that seemed super interesting and maybe everybody looks like sam hugan over there so that would be good (laughs) easy on the super cute and then i don't know like maybe somewhere like uh like asia like thailand like that kind of area i think would be super out of your comfort zone and like thailand does amazing yeah but it would be like like a super otherworldly 
particular country experience that I think mm-hmm. that you would really grow and learn from. I don't know. I think that's been the hardest thing with 2020 is just not traveling. Yeah, yeah. we have gone nowhere. We have nowhere. And then like, because I, I do feel like every time you go and you meet new people, like it just, it expands so mm-hmm. much of your point of view of the world. Like even, even going within, within the country, like even going within, like going to New York or going to yeah. Cincinnati or going to Vegas, it's crazy how different people are just in different states. It seems so weird, but like, it's also very like, uh, kind of rounds out what you view your view of people. Yeah. Looking forward to that this year, doing some traveling. Me too. Me too. Me too. I also really, I really admired how she recognized that she needed kind of a reset. She's like, she's taking the summer off to kind of reset her business model, finding, you know, how to source metal ethically and stones and all that stuff. So she felt really confident that she was doing it the right way. And I really admire that because I think it's hard for a lot of business owners to, say, I'm going to do a reset. Like I'm going to take a month, two months. I can't even, I cannot even imagine it. I mean, I'm going to take that actually. I haven't told you yet, but I'm taking two months off in June and July. It's not going to happen, but (laughs) I mean, I just can't imagine it, but knowing, but knowing that that's what her business needs to thrive in the future, like having the discernment for that, I think is really, well, it's just really amazing. Laura, I'm going to go work for you. (laughs) I know, I know, but I really love that. Cause I, and I, the last thing we'll say that I thought was really amazing that like got me really thinking, and I don't even know if I have answers to it, Okay, but, um, her connection to how she was saying how the metal, the gold that she like recycled gold, right. She she felt like was the right thing to do because you're recycling. You're not using getting new metal that's you know unethically mined but it didn't really change the community of it right? right and she felt like it was a form of avoidance and I was like that's super powerful yeah I know there's a lot to unpack there that feels like a whole episode there is but it, it really got me thinking about is there anything in the industry that we have avoidance for that we try to fix maybe between like our business but we aren't making a bigger impact on the community to change as a whole for sure. I mean, I think a great example of that in our industry is that venue that's recently come under a lot of scrutiny. Mm. They were even on WREL for not allowing same-sex couples to mm. get married. Mm-hmm. And their point was that they have love for everybody, right? It's not that they don't love these people. It's not that they don't want them to get married. They just have certain personal and religious beliefs that they feel like prevents them from getting married at their space or prevents them from allowing them to get married at their space. And I feel like that's totally avoidance. It's like saying like, I don't think there's anything wrong with you doing what you're going to do, but it's not going to change what I do. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's not going to change my actions. And I just felt like, I don't know. The way that they handled it was almost like placating. Yeah. But not really addressing the issue of like, yeah, well, maybe I should rethink my thoughts on this or my religious views on this or they weren't even open to seeing an outside opinion. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, that's another big thing to unpack there. But I I feel like when I heard that, all I could think of is it's just hypocritical. I mean, do they yeah. like, do they not allow Jewish weddings there? Do they not allow Indian weddings there? Like they don't follow the same Christian beliefs. Like, do they allow people who ha- were, are remarried? Like, 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and all these things were brought up in the comments of Instagram before it was shut down. So I don't know how it all ended. But, but, the, but the answer is no. no. The yeah. answer is they do allow those things. To say that you like, I love these people and I care about these people. And I think God loves them and all those things. But yet, I don't think that they are deserving of having a marriage or getting oh, married at my right. space is no, totally true. weird avoidance it is. type thing. It is. I think it's sad. I think it is sad for those people. Like the people who own, I just feel sorry for them that own the venue because yeah. they're missing out on a great community of people. But, you know, I just, I feel like it's one of those things where it has nothing to do with doctrine. It has nothing to do with even Christianity. It's just their own comfort level. And like, let's just be honest about it. It sounds like to me, like bringing it back to Lauren, like she was like, oh, I'm using recycled gold. I'm not using this unethically mined gold. But then at the end of the day, she's like, I'm really, even just by using recycled gold and I'm not buying from the people that are unethically mining or again, I don't know anything about gold mining, but that doesn't affect any change. Right. Like how I really can change it is by spending my dollars on people who are doing this the right, right. way and right. kind of Xing out this, like we're only going to buy from you if right. you're doing this in an ethical way. Right. And if more and more of the jewelry industry buys for people who are doing right. it ethically, it'll bring everybody else in mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I totally feel like that. And I, but I feel like in the industry, like on another token of it, it to me, it's, and I, maybe this is just true for entrepreneurs and not just, you know, the industry in general, but I feel like it's kind of like what the podcast is about. Right. Like, I feel like there's just, there's no truth in, being a business owner, there's either like the silly hyperbolic things, mm-hmm. right. Or there's, it's wonderful and perfect. And I quit my job and I made six figures the next week. Like <laughs> that's just not reality. And I feel like the more people talk about it, like the more it can, you can change the community of people. Right. Yeah. Like last night we were at that, at, at a launch party and we were, I was talking to somebody and I was saying how we were, we were working with this, with a similar vendor and I was like, yeah, I really loved working with them. They were very kind. And, and she was like, I love that you use that adjective because they are very kind people and kindness is so important. It's so important in business. And, you know, and she's like, and, and there's people who are so mean and so unkind to you when, yeah. you're, when you're in any industry. And she's like, I don't know why we don't talk about it more. Like, why don't we talk about how mean people like really are toxic people in this industry. And I was like, well, because it's, it's not PC. Like you're not going to call someone out for being mean because you think that's where your next meal is going to come from, you know? And she's like, yeah, but if you talked about it and you held people accountable to it, like would it change? And I was like, I I don't know. Would it change? But are you just, are you just again, avoiding it by saying like, I want to be a kind person, but I'm not actually trying to change the way that we interact with each other. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't know. So I really love that. It got me really thinking about it. I'm sure I'm going to be thinking about it for like days. She might not sleep. I might not sleep. (laughs) It's possible. (laughs) No, but I loved it. I thought Lauren was really great. I love that she followed her heart. I love that she followed her, like, like really had a deep connection to what her ethics were. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It just, it makes you feel almost like, am I doing the same thing? Like, it makes you feel like not as like, I don't want to say she makes you feel like a bad person. That's not (laughs) what I want to say, but it makes you like question yourself. Like, like, am I a self-actualized person? Yeah. Or am I that strong in who I am to ethically say, I'm not going to do this no matter what? I think sometimes yes. Yeah. Sometimes Sometimes yes. Sometimes no. No, I thought she was great. I think 
you know, Lauren, if you're out there and uh, the ring thing doesn't work out, you could be a wordsmith because you have you a great could. way of like putting together thoughts that are tangible and beautifully said. Right. So, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Cheers to you. Cheers. Thanks, everyone, for gathering with us today to talk about the hustle. To learn more about Lauren Jennings and her business, Palm Sunday, visit palm-sunday.com or follow her on Instagram at palm underscore underscore Sunday. And to learn more about our hustles, visit cndevents.com, thebradfordnc.com, and hustleandgather.com. Or follow us on Instagram at cndevents, thebradfordnc, and at hustleandgather. And if you like this show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Your Fluence. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle and Gather.